Hey everybody, and guess what? Yeah, you guessed it, I am back. Oh, normal service has been resumed, and I'm not going to lie, it was really, really hard to say goodbye to summer. But here we are in September, back to school for some of us, and back to you. I felt the change of season often gives us a fresh start and although living in the Caribbean I don't always experience the same start change of season as I had in the UK, there is a change in the weather as it gets cooler and wetter. And believe it or not, I'll share this with you, it does get cool enough to wear a sweater further down into the year. All around me, I see a change in pace and routine. Some of my colleagues, my friends, have children going off to college, called children going back to school. Some of the routines are new, some of the not so new. Me included, as I look forward to delivering the masterclasses and special events that I have coming up over the next few months, so really stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter. Head over to my website. As a career pivoter myself, the central idea I embraced when I started my coaching practice, This Woman Can, was career evolution with the concept that our careers develop and grow over time, becoming more complex and exciting. Changing careers or return to the workforce is not about giving up on your old role, but rather trying new things and bringing the skills you already have to fresh opportunities. Evolving is the number one mindset you need to embark on a next career chapter. And that's exactly how I approach mid-career change in my program, The Reinvention Blueprint for Women of Colour. It's my six-week program where I walk the women through every step of their career invention journey, from asking themselves why they want a new direction, defining their goals, creating an action plan, and finally taking daily actions towards achieving them. And we discuss everything, no holes barred. So including mindset shifts, setting boundaries with family members who may not support your decisions, building financial security, handling rejection, and, and much, much more. Enrolment for the September cohort is open if you listen to this in real time. So if you'd like to head, if you'd like to know more, head over to my website, www.janisutherland.com. And even if you miss the September deadline, I do hold regular sessions of the programme. So please express your interest. Now, my interview this week exemplifies the importance of mindset shifts as I chat with corporate CEO turned portrait artist, Joya Cousin, who embarked on a very exciting transition in more ways than one. So I'm not going to give it away. I want to sit back and enjoy. And at the end of it, let me know what you think. Take care. Hey everybody and welcome to This Woman Can. I am your host Janice Sutherland, career strategist for the Black Woman Over 40. And I don't know if I don't know if you're going to pick it up, but you should pick it up. Is how I'm delighted, how delighted I am, should I say, to have my guest this week, Joya Cousin, because we used to work together, oh, a good few years ago. And I have been watching her journey, how she has reinvented herself, pivoted, found her love affair, both figuratively and in Korea, um, as she's made that change. So let me tell you a little bit about Joya. 
Joya Cousin is a self-taught artist born on the Caribbean island of Antigua. There's the connection. And having graduated with a degree in computer science and accounting, she then successfully pursued a designation as a certified public accountant. For almost two decades working throughout the Caribbean, she built a dynamic and award-winning career, first in public accounting and then as a CFO and CEO in the hospitality and telecommunications sectors. In 2015, Joya's life changed when she met and fell in love with the man who would become her husband. And after leaving her career and loved ones behind to start a new life in France, she quickly discovered a love for painting and began creating portraits in a very vivid yet realistic style. And shunning the stereotype of the starving artist, Joy has now turned her passion into a thriving business. More than 70 of her original paintings and commission pieces can be found in private collections in France, Spain, Russia, Ireland, the UK and across the US, Canada and the Caribbean. Joy's portraits are love, love stories on canvas, capturing the beauty that unites us all. So I told you it was just a wonderful, wonderful story. And you can see some of Joya's work in the background. So Joya, welcome to This Woman Can, welcome. Thank you so much, Janice. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yes. I mean, you invited me probably two and a half years ago. And at that time, I was just frenzied with, you know, just being so busy. I think I was putting on my first solo show, but I'm so pleased to be here finally. Excellent. And I'm so happy to have you because I want to hear all about it. So tell us about your journey and where you got to where you are today, how you got to where you are today. Well, you had a little bit of a snapshot. So it, I, I took the circuitous route to becoming an artist. Um, people ask me if I ever knew that if I ever dreamed of it or if I ever knew that there was talent. I think, you know, as children, we all, you know, draw and paint a little bit. We sketch um, and we enjoy that. We have something artistic there. And I think I did, too. Um, I remember entering a, a LIAT competition back in the day, and I think I placed second. They had a sailing week competition every year, and that was like a highlight for me because I remember that. It was important. But once I hit high school, we didn't have art on the program, and, you know, Caribbean parents are sort of very yeah. focused on academics. So it wasn't even a question for me. It just sort of faded by the wayside, and I never really thought about it again. Yeah. Until I hit A-levels. And once I got to A-levels, I was doing the science stream. So I was doing a heavy course load. It was physics, chemistry, math, mm -hmm. biology, and general paper. And in the second year, I decided to drop chemistry. I just wasn't, you know, with it yeah, yeah. and decided to take up art. So that was a pretty bold move to decide after never having any formal training in art to decide to go into A-level art. So I had like six weeks or something like that, some ridiculous, maybe 12, mm -hmm. to prepare a portfolio, which should have been done over the course of two years. So this is like my first time ever painting, my first time ever using pastels and just experimenting. And I loved it. I really, really did. Um, it was a lot of work, especially with my course load. But in the end, I ended up with a C. <laughs> and I felt like, okay, there you go. <laughs> You have your answer now. You're not meant to be an artist. You know, mm. forget about this art stuff. Yeah. And so I put that in the background completely and continued along my merry way. I studied computer science and accounting and then went into accounting. And, you know, 
every now and then I would sort of buy art supplies and, mm. you know, wander around art stores. That was one of my favorite things to do, but I never created anything. I didn't do one single painting for 25 years. There was nothing, you know, there wasn't a dream. There wasn't a wish. It didn't even exist as a seed, at least not in my conscious mind, maybe in my subconscious mind. You know, I always thought that if I ended up in jail, you know, sort of probably watching too much Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> I would write. I thought if I ever had too much time on my hands, I would write because I've been a big journaler all my life. But here you have it. I, I've met my wonderful husband. We've fallen in love. We're married. I'm now in this country. I don't speak French. Right. And so forget about it. French culture is linked very intimately to their language. Their language is their culture. The yeah. two can never be torn apart. So there's no way I would even attempt to sort of pick up my career again in France, not right. being absolutely fluent. So it wasn't even a thought for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm at home sort of teaching myself and I saw somebody take up a project for 100 days of art. And I thought, Oh, why not? You know, just do a little doodle every day for 100 days. And that's exactly what I started doing. My first thing was literally a flower with one of my favorite quotations on it. And the next day was something similar, just colored pencils on a scrap of paper. Until one day I, you know, I doodled with colored pencils, uh, a picture of a woman. And honestly, it just felt like the planet just shifted a little bit on its axis for me. I don't know what it was. I don't know how to explain it, but I just felt something sort of pulling at my soul in that moment. And so the next day I did something similar and I talked to my husband about it. And so sweet. He was like, if you're interested in this, just go for it. You want to go to the art store and buy some supplies? I'm like, well, I'm not really sure. I'll experiment a little bit, you know? And so that's what I did. Until I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go buy like the cheapest set of acrylics I can find. And that's what I did. I painted my first portrait and I said, you know what? I am seriously interested in this. This is what I'm going to do. So forget the 100 days of art project. I want to learn how to paint portraits. I'm seriously interested yeah. enough to commit myself to doing that. And so that's how it started. Wow. <laughs> About five years ago. What a story. What a story. So and you've gone on from strength. To, I mean, like I said, looking at your work and seeing what you do, there, there is it's a natural talent. You know, there, there, there seems to be a natural, ta natural talent. But what did, did you have any fear about making it? Because, you know, you've spent your life in the corporate world. We met in the corporate world. This is the arts, the creativity, maybe I'm thinking the flamboyancy and the um, the 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 insecurity because you don't know your commissions are going to come and stuff like that did you have any fears about you know embarking on this particular journey well, absolutely of course I mean um I would say that I my biggest fear was that I wouldn't be able to do it I wouldn't be able to commit to it and do it for the long term that was my biggest fear I realized that my identity, my ego, my self-confidence, my sense of well-being was very much tied to my work. Yeah. And even now, it's still a little bit difficult for me, um, to be completely honest. Um, <laughs> I remember taking a test years and years ago about your, you know, whether you're right brain or left brain, and I'm what they call hemispherically balanced. 
So, you know, I've done the sciences. I was a physics major. I was actually majoring in physics and computer science and then switched to accounting and computer science. And now I'm an artist. So there's that potential to do a lot of stuff. But at the same time, art is a very sort of solitary road. Yeah. And there isn't that feedback that you're getting from somebody all the time you need to be very very strong and secure in what you're doing you have to have that confidence and belief in yourself right um if you go search, I tell artists this all the time you cannot go searching or depending on external validation there's never going to be enough of that to get you going or to keep the motor going or to get you know get you painting every day So you have to have that inside of you. There has to be that love for it. Mm. And so that's what's pushed me along. I went to, I sort of did a lot of different experiments with myself. I tracked my hours of painting. I painted every single day because before, you know, jumping up and saying, okay, I'm going to become a career artist. I had to figure out for myself, can you get up and paint every single day and love it? Yeah. You know, so I didn't make the decision. It was at the beginning of 2019. I told my husband, okay, I'm going to do a little experiment. I'm going to paint every day. I'm going to see how I do if I'm comfortable with doing it every single day. And at the end of 2019, I'm going to make the decision about whether I'm going to do this professionally, if I'm going to jump in and put my shingle up and whatnot. But by May, that decision was already made. I had been painting consistently and I'm like, okay, I love it. I'm ready to go ahead. I'm ready to be scared. I'm ready to push myself out into the world and see, you know, what's there. And so, yes, I've had fears and there are still fears. Um, I don't sell my work in France. I, so I depend on the internet basically, yeah. which yeah. is yeah. tough, especially now because there are, you know, the internet is getting, getting split up geographically. So if you're in Europe, Yes. You're not sort of as connected as we used to yeah. be with the U.S. There are lots of yeah. websites, news sites that don't even offer anything to Europe anymore. Europe is a lot stricter with cookies and so forth. And so there's yeah. definitely that curtain has been drawn. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the fear is always going to be there. But I think fear is something that we can use to our advantage. If I think if you don't have fear, then maybe you don't want it badly yeah. enough. If it's not intimidating you, then maybe it's not even worthy of pursuing <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So something just came to my mind when you were just talking then. So would you describe what you do as a job, a career or a passion? It's all three for me. It's all three for me because I take, you know, my clients are always, I'm very sort of deadline focused. Every single client gets a deadline. They know when the painting is going to be finished. And people are often surprised by that. And I know a lot of other artists don't treat it like that. Mm. You know, they don't sort of get up every morning and paint. I get up every morning and paint like it's a job. Yeah. But it's also a career. So I'm constantly looking for how I need to develop, um, looking for ways to grow, looking for what's the next stage. You know, I'm like at the stage right now where I love painting for clients, but I feel like maybe I need to develop more in my own style right now. So I'm thinking of ways to try and fit that in. And of course, it's a passion. I do this because I love it. (laughs) I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't absolutely love it. So it's absolutely all three for me. And I think I'm really, really blessed to have that. Excellent. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. And you're definitely blessed to have all to have all three together. 
So, so Joya, what would you say is unique about pivoting, pivoting mid-career, mid-life? You know, this is the time where we, you know, some people is kind of settling, settling into their job, thinking I've got to stick to this, you know, to retirement and stuff. Um, but some of us have said, poof, you know, we're leaving, leaving that corporate piece. We're going to forge our own path. So what do you think is unique about take, taking, make, taking that step? Well, first of all, it's, it's tough no matter who you are. Um, because over the years, we build up a foundation. We know how to do things. We, but most of all, I think we build our own confidence. It's our own level of comfort in doing what we've known, what we're known for, and what we know very well how to do. Pivoting often involves some sort of starting from scratch, even if it's very, if it's a, a very similar to what you've done before, or like me, it's completely different. Um, and the thing is, though, you have to know that everything that you've experienced before, you're still going to take with you in some way or form. The confidence that you have is within you. It may not be linked to a specific skill set, but you know how to learn. You know how to learn how to do things. You know how to learn how to reach out to people. And so we have to be confident in our abilities to learn and to grow to do something differently. Um, it's tough also because as we get older, the energy level changes, you know? <laughs> we don't necessarily have the kind of fire that we used to. You know, I have worked extremely hard during my career and now I'm noticing, probably last year, I started noticing a difference in my energy level. You know, the all-nighters aren't cutting it the way they used to. Yeah. And so if you're gonna be an entrepreneur or you're gonna launch your own business, you need to be prepared for that. Yeah. But I think that with age comes wisdom and there are techniques that we can take along with us. It's not necessarily just brute force anymore. There are little techniques and little um, quirks that we can work into the way that we're doing things to make up for the fact that we're not as young as we used to yes. be. Yeah. And I think that's something that employers need to take into consideration as well. Like I totally have never had, even when I was younger, I had no problem sort of hiring more mature people to work with me because even though they, they may not see the world as energetically as I do, as a sort of go-getter, they have experience. They have that strength of knowing how to do things. They've done a lot before. They've seen a lot before. They bring their contacts and their connections. And that's a lot. It's, yeah. you know, it's a huge, huge plus. Yeah. And so, yes, it's unique. It's intimidating. It's challenging. <laughs> but for me, it's totally been worth it. You know, I think we discredit ourselves too much. We bring so much to the table. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. But so, Joy, but what do you wish you had known when you embarked on this particular this, this step in your career? Oh, wow. I'm, I feel like I'm constantly learning new things. Um, what do I wish I had known most? I think that I think I was a little bit um, naive about what the art world can be like. Right. And I I'm not a person who likes to dwell on negatives, mm -hmm. um, but there there's there are a lot of gatekeepers in the art world. And I think there always have been and probably will be for a long time to come. I think it's completely unnecessary because I'm a person who believes that, you know, the whole world is out there and there's space for everybody. And I feel that way about arts and artists. Um, but I think I spent too much time in the beginning trying to make connections, trying to find mentors, 
yeah. trying to find friends, trying to find a community um, in order to get that validation. You know, I think in the whole of 2018, I was trying to find validation instead of just doing what I needed to yeah. do, but I just didn't want to be in my corner by myself. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to be in your corner by yourself yeah. and you can reach out to people who maybe aren't in the same niche as you are. You know, you have, I, I still depend on the contacts that I have from before, the friendships that I have yeah. before, the mentors that I have before who are not necessarily in the art world. So I think that was, that has been the biggest shock for me. It continues to shock me to this day, how sort of close-minded a lot of artists are. They're afraid, there's so much competition and fear. Yeah. There's really fear, I think. And to me, fear is, it's negative and it's limiting. There's no place for fear if there's truly love. Mm -hmm. So I think that has been sort of the biggest thing I wish I I'd known going in. Yeah, yeah, and I love that you love you know, because I can just feel the fact you love what you're doing. You can see it's just it's just oozing through the camera, <laughs> absolutely oozing through the camera. So, but, but Joy, what regrets do you think you would have had if you didn't go for if you didn't follow this this passion? That's an interesting question. I'm not sure that I I don't really believe in regrets. Okay. Um, I'm not a person who believes in, in regrets. I think that. Whatever, whatever road that you take, you, you have the opportunity to grow and learn something from it later on. I think, though, that I am very happy to have done it at a younger age, but I feel that if I hadn't done it now, I would have found it eventually. Right. I think it would never have stayed away from me. And, and I kind of feel that whatever is meant for you, mm. if you truly love yourself and you give yourself that space, it's going to come. If you keep an open heart, it's going to come to you. You know, um, and I feel that way about my husband as well. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I always sort of thought, okay, don't get married before 28 or 33. And then, of course, 33 comes along and I'm starting to get nervous, you know, about what's going to happen. Where's my soulmate? You know, where's this knight in shining armor that I've been waiting for? But I'm glad that I waited. I'm glad that I didn't sort of say, okay, the clock is ticking and I need to do this now. I waited and exactly what I wanted came to me. Mm. And I think that happens a lot in life. If we remain open, if we keep that open heart, then the things that are meant for us will come. And there's no, there's no reason to regret. You know, I don't regret that I didn't continue painting from 18 until 40. There was a reason for that. I have absolutely no regrets about the path that I've taken. I think it's been a wonderful journey and I benefit from that every day. So, you know, Let's go. Let's continue yeah. to go. No regrets. Fantastic. So, so is there anything you think would have made your journey easier looking back? Hmm. I have been so blessed, honestly. Whew. Uh, as I said, I think not having enough confidence in my own abilities and in my ability to just go forward and, and make it work. I think that has been the only limiting factor, just mm. my own lack of con my own fear you know my own sort of risk aversion i yeah. think yeah. has been the only thing that i think made the made it more difficult than it could have been but it hasn't been difficult it's required hard work and commitment but i've been so extremely blessed i really have no complaints excellent, excellent. and um, and throughout the process what did you think has been one of your biggest challenges how did you overcome and what lessons did you learn from it? 
Actually, my biggest challenge is happening right now, to be honest. Yeah, I'm going through my biggest challenge right now. Um, so most of my clients come from LinkedIn. Right. Okay. So I have not really bothered too much with Instagram and Facebook. My initial clients came from Facebook, but I, I kind of stay away from Facebook because I don't want to be bombarding my friends and family with my work. <laughs> Maybe that's not so good, but I feel like, okay, I want Facebook to say hi and keep in touch with people, yeah, not to yeah. be selling myself constantly. So LinkedIn is a professional network and LinkedIn has been so good to me. And it kind of like around the time when we were supposed to be booking in September, 2019, that's when I made the decision to do client work. Mm. It just sort of after about four or five months of really working hard on LinkedIn, like the orders just started really pouring in, you know, I was just booked for months. I mean, I did crazy amounts of work. And so I never put that kind of effort into LinkedIn again, because I realized that I was kind of risking burnout. Right. And so now we're two and a half years later, the algorithm has changed. Our reach has changed. Visibility has changed yeah. significantly. And it's like, okay, what am I going to do? I've been looking at my social selling score and it's tumbled like almost 20 points. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm still, I still have clients. I still have bookings, but I'm just like, I'm a bit nervous about what's going to be happening in the future. Right. And so I am trying to balance the whole content creation thing with the time I spend in my studio doing my work. Yeah. And honestly, that side of things, it drains me. It takes mm -hmm. away my energy. And yeah. I'm like, I just want to be painting. I want to yeah. paint more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like I'm trying to decide, do I I actually just said no to a client this week. Do I focus more just on the products that I want the most? Right. And also take the opportunity to build up my style and learn some new things. Or do I continue to plow along, um, getting as much work as I, as, I, as I can? And I'm kind of leaning away from that right now. I'm like, you know what? I don't need to do this. I've made very wise decisions. I've had a lot of success. So I don't necessarily need to get growth at any cost yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Like I would do sort of if I was a marketing manager, because I kind of wear different hats. And I'm like, yes. you know what? Maybe you need to take that hat off and just step back a little bit. To, to, to make sure that you're working on your overall career and your overall sense of well-being for the long run. Because I see myself doing this when I'm 90 or 95. Yeah. So I don't necessarily need to be running out there and sell, sell, sell all the time. You know, so I think that's kind of, and it's a journey. So I'm still learning about that. And I think it's probably something that all entrepreneurs go through, just balancing the different hats yeah. When to go forward, when to slow down and to make sure that you're very much in touch with what you're doing, especially if you're creative and making sure that you're remaining creative and still loving what you're doing yeah. while growing the business and taking care of the economic side of things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting journey that I'm on right now. I can understand that because it's very easy to kind of stick to the creative because that's a bit you love. And as much as we, I mean, we both come from the corporate world and as much we know the corporate piece it's like we've kind of been there, done that. It's not, you know, what we stepped out to go back to doing, but we're going to have to do some of it to find that balance to keep on doing what we want want to do. Yeah, the roundabout way. But you know what I mean. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> so, um, Joy, if you had to start from scratch, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently, if anything? 
I wouldn't have waited. I would have, I wouldn't have, you know, because I spent a lot of time, I was painting all the time, but there was a lot of time where I went smaller. I painted on paper because I just didn't have the confidence to just go all out. Right. You know, so I would have, I wouldn't have waited. I would have used, I would have just jumped in, you know, not the baby steps. Sometimes I, there wasn't a lot of financial risk involved. It was just, you know, just why, 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 why did I wait? Why did I, why, why was I going slowly? Yeah. You know, sometimes we need to just, you know, run, go with energy, get that momentum going. And, and for a while there along my journey, I kind of stumbled and I didn't go as fast as I should have. And so that's definitely something starting all over. I would have run right into it from you know day one, basically. Right. Right, right. And you've mentioned a couple of times having a camp confidence issues, confidence challenges. So, you know, why do you think that was and how did you how do you overcome that? You know, and I think that comes from perfectionism. I, I, I see myself as a recovering perfectionist. I mean, when you're sort of like, for example, in computer science, you're writing code, it has to be perfect. If your code yeah. isn't perfect, it's just not going to work. Yeah. With accounting as well, it needs to be everything needs to yeah. be down to the last cent. Then I was in auditing for eight years. So I was trained to yeah. find the mistakes of others. Yeah. Like, I am so good at that. <laughs> and of course, I mean, once you get into sort of management, you, you stop. You have to put yeah. it aside, but it still kind of remains in you, you know. And I think even as women, a lot of women, we set such high standards for ourselves. The standards we set for ourselves are much higher than those that anybody else ever sets. Right. It's true. And it's re and we need to let go of that yeah. because the boys are not doing that. Generally speaking, yeah. the boys are out there being successful, the cowboys, the entrepreneurs, the CEOs, the whatever. They are not doing that. You know, they're keeping their eyes on the prize and they're going forward because they have confidence in themselves. They know what they want and they go for it. And I think sometimes we, you know, we want to be Miss Perfect and we think we need to achieve X and Y and Z or A, B and C before we can do D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We never think we can, you know, and the guy will come along and you're like, I think I like the look of M. He hasn't hit A yet, but he's going straight <laughs> for M. You know? um, and why not? And I'm not saying you should skip all those steps, but you don't necessarily have to hit every single thing perfectly before yeah. you even begin to dare to look above that. And I think as women, sometimes we're our own worst enemies where that's Very concerned. Much. Very much. And that was, that was, that was it for me. Yeah. I was looking for validation. I wanted somebody to come down from above yeah. uh, God and tell me you're good enough. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. 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 There is no art God who's going to come down and tell you you're good enough. And no other artist is going to come and support you. They're, they're on their own journey. Yeah. You know, and that's just mm -hmm. something I didn't know at the time. Yeah. And I wish I'd kind of stepped out of a little bit faster. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the perfectionism, I think is right. what it is. Great answer. Great answer. So what advice would you share with women embarking on their own mid-career transition? Love yourself yeah. and embrace the journey. Yeah. Love yourself. You have to know why you're doing what you're doing and keep the focus on that and kind of, you know, pep yourself up. Like, I'm not saying, you know, go out there and fool yourself, but you know what you've achieved throughout your life. You know what your strengths are. You know what your weaknesses are, but don't focus on those weaknesses. I always used to say, you need to manage your weaknesses. I was always very focused on managing my weaknesses, but I think that's not necessarily the best way to go. Work on your strengths, 
walk in your strengths. And I think that if you're going to step out from a career that you've been in before, you, you know that there's something in you that's wanting to go forward in a certain path. There's something that's calling you and you should listen to it. And you should have the confidence that you have the ability to do what's necessary to get there. <laughs> you know, so like love that part of yourself. And I think love is, what is it? Like unconditional favor. Yeah. Like you don't have to be good enough. Just love yourself and give yourself that un- unconditional favor to say, okay, you can do this. You will do this. You will figure it out. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall down and stump your toe and scrape your knee, but you're going to get there because you have a reason to get there. You want to get there. So yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. Love that answer. Absolutely love that answer. <laughs> so, so, so Joya, we're coming down to our last few questions here. And it's been a great conversation. But what are the three things that you've learned about yourself during your career? Oh my God. I was I learned so much about myself. I'm still learning about myself. I, I still often reflect on my career, even though I'm an artist now, I reflect on the mistakes that I've made, which is like so typical, but I think it's good. <laughs> I think it's good to be growth oriented and to be able to see what your weaknesses are and think about what you would have done differently. Like a book that had a huge impact on me was um, Susan Cain's book, Quiet, okay. about introverts and what they bring to the table. And that was really groundbreaking for me because I learned that even though I'm an extrovert, yeah. there's an introverted side to me. Yeah. And it also gave me the confidence to know that it's okay. You don't have people around you every day as an artist, but you can be quiet and you can walk as an artist in that introverted side, even though it isn't necessarily what makes up most yes. of you. Yes. And I just thought back to all the times when, you know, I was this go-getting person surrounded by all these other go-getting persons. And there's somebody at the table who's maybe a little bit quieter. And I just thought, oh, my God, all those times that I could have worked a little bit harder to, you know, bring them forward, get them, extract their wisdom. You know, So there were definitely some missed opportunities there. Um I think that's kind of the most important thing I've learned about myself, that there is that introverted side of me that I can tap into and that I can grow into in order to achieve success as an artist. Right. Fabulous. Fabulous. So where would we find you typically on a Saturday morning at 10 (laughs) a.m.? Whatever I'm doing, I'm probably doing it with my husband. There are times when I kind of like you know what? He loves the weekends and I love the weekends too, but I love to work on the weekend. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sometimes I kind of crawl out of bed extra early at like 4.30. I'll take a shower and I come into my studio and, you know, he'll, when he gets up, he'll come get me. So quite often I'll be in my studio at 10 o'clock in the morning, but if not, I'm, I'll be with him, like having brunch or just yeah. spending time with him. So it's so one of two places, either in my studio or with my hubby. Yeah, both, both of your loves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so Joya, what does success feel like to you? To me, success feels like growth. You know, I love the word thriving. I love the word, for me, that means that you are, when I think of thriving, I think of a little baby Mm. who's healthy and exploring and excited about life and loved and cherished. 
but most of all has like all this opportunity, all this potential before them. So for me, success is having that continued opportunity to grow, to develop for more, you know, mm-hmm. the opposite of that is, is, is basically being stuck. Yeah. You know, it's being in a situation where there are no opportunities, where you don't feel like you're going anywhere. And, and that's okay for some people. Yeah. But for me, I like that feeling of there's more. Mm. You're doing well and there's more, <laughs> more to come. Excellent. Excellent. So that was my last official question. So if people would like to know more about what you're doing, see your work, Joya, how can they do that? Well, I'm on social media, Joya Cousin. So I'm at Joya Cousin pretty much everywhere and joyacousin.com. And I'm mostly on LinkedIn. So I've kind of abandoned Facebook and and Instagram for a while, but I'm there. I'm on YouTube, I'm TikTok as well, Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I have the followings everywhere. I put most, it's like, you know, I don't need that to be my second job, social media, but I do love connecting with other people. So yeah. Easy to find. Excellent. So, Joya, thank you so much for your time today. It's wonderful catching up with you and hearing about all your fabulous, passionate exploits. Thank you for joining us this woman, Cam. Thanks for having me, Janice. It's been great. Excellent. Hi. So you see what I meant about the many transitions from love and career that Joya went through. And these are all mid-career transitions. So let me know what you thought about the interview or maybe suggest someone I should interview you'd like to hear from by visiting me and all the socials. I am Janice Sutherland. And don't forget, if you are thinking about, well, maybe now's the time for me to look at my career. Maybe I'm a little bit, a little bit fear. Um, I'm not sure, a little bit trepidation, but I wouldn't mind finding out more about it. Let's have a chat. Head over to my website, www.janissutherland.com, where you can schedule a no obligation chat with me and see if the reinvention blueprint is the right program for you. But always, as always, remember, as I say, if I can, you can, this woman can take care until next time.